If you give a child a piece of paper and a pencil, ask them to draw a square and draw in their community. First and second grade, six and seven years old, you would be shocked how these children see their own community. Everything you see, they see too. Every corner, a bodega, liquor store, beauty supply, nail salon, check cashier. They see all the fast food restaurants, they put it in there. Flip it over and give them crayons and ask them to draw the community they want. You see green grass, flowers and trees and birds. Six and seven years old. Everyone wants the same thing. That's the intersection I find myself. That was Tony Hillary and the children are kids who come to the urban farms he set up to help them redefine their communities into places that supply nourishment, nutrition, and opportunity. Tony founded the nonprofit Harlem Grown in 2011 with a big goal to inspire kids to lead healthy and ambitious lives through mentorship and hands-on education as a way to break the cycle of poverty. This is a story of empowerment through food. Food is power. To grow your own food, there's nothing more powerful than that. On today's episode, we explore this idea of food as power, and we do it through the eyes of Tony and the kids, who he likes to call his kids, of Harlem Grown. To do this right, I decided to meet Tony at a farm on 127th Street. How are you? One of their 13 locations, all in Harlem, which offered the perfect soundtrack to this conversation. Listen close and you'll hear birds chirping and trees bristling in the wind more than you'd expect in a densely populated New York City neighborhood. Welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk. I'm Sandra Lindsay. This is part three of our series featuring innovators who are using food to promote health. In our previous episodes, we spoke to some inspiring leaders addressing food insecurity, and how to make hospital food heal. You can find both of those episodes in our feed. Over the last decade, Tony Hillary has built Harlem Grown into a valuable resource for a community with a great need. There were 14 homeless shelters in a four block radius of that first school. Nine of them are domestic violence shelters where my kids live. In a three block radius, 55 fast food restaurants, 29 pharmacies, and not one affordable food option. A difficult starting point, but Tony was quick to point out that this isn't a Harlem problem. Across New York City, there are 175,000 homeless children. We all know about the social determinants of health. We know that. It's been studied for, what, 50 years? Because these kids are born in this zip code. My kids are born in the Riverdale zip code. My kids are probably expected to live 12 years longer because of where they live. We know the way out of this is education. Education is, not, is power. 
education is better food, better choices, better housing as you get older. All of these things all stem from education. But again, that's easy for me to say. Before Harlem Grown came to be, Tony owned and operated a successful limousine business. And business was good. But then the financial crisis hit me like everybody else. And I started losing clients, which means I'm losing money. So I'm playing video games all day. And I'm reading a story in the paper about these schools in Harlem and Brooklyn. And I'm like, wait a minute. My kids go to school. It's great. But it's private school. You get what you pay for. So you're trying to tell me 20 minutes from right here, this exists? Encouraged by his wife to get up and do something about it, Tony decided to do just that, with no destination in mind. I got on the subway and I got off on 135th and Lenox, right in the center of Harlem. And I made a left and I'm walking and there was a school right there. And I said, this is a eureka moment. I walk around the corner and went in and said, I'm here to help. <laughs> and she said, help with what? But this is where the hypocrisy and the arrogance really raised its head. I, me, Tony Hillary said, I'm here to teach the parents the importance of education to break the cycle of poverty. Like the educator he spoke with that day, parents at PS 175 didn't take him too seriously. And one told him exactly how they felt about it. When I went to that school every morning, I'm greeting every kid in the morning like some crazy cheerleader, like, hey guys, welcome to school. And I catch the parents on the way out. And three weeks in, this parent told me that she didn't need no education, she's doing fine. And her idea fine, project Section 8 welfare and food stamps. How do you respond to that, to someone you don't even know? What do you say, no, you're not doing fine, or you could do better? So I did like most, I quit. Back at home and telling his wife that story, Tony started thinking more about the kids. And these kids lose their mind every day. Mr. Tony, and they run and they hug you and they don't let go. And now I'm asking questions like, what is that about? Turns out 400 students ages five to 11, that's pre-K to fifth, all come to school for an education, um, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and breakfast, lunch, and supper in school. In a school with no art, music, or gym. And then, dig a little deeper, 42% of the children are homeless. Homeless children, a topic that makes my blood boil. Because we have our images of homelessness. We see it always in the subway, under the road, on the roadside. We see it, but you don't see these children. Of course, Tony returned. Soon after, he realized not only did these kids lack access to healthy food in their neighborhood, but also in their school. So I used to eat the, with the kids every day in the lunchroom, peanut butter and jelly on whole wheat bread. That's the only thing I could recognize and I would eat because the food was horrible. So one day I go outside to get something to eat. That's when I counted all those fast food restaurants. So that's when the whole thing kind of geared toward health and nutrition because I, w I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not an educator. I'm just this guy and I'm a, I'm a dad. And these kids were craving that type of uh, consistency, routine, boundaries. Kids love that. They crave that, especially elementary school kids. 
And that's what they were getting from me. Fortunately, he noticed something else. So right across the street from that school was an empty, abandoned garden that was like a junkyard. He put in a request to the city to take over the abandoned lot, which to his surprise was granted a few months later. So that's when the whole thing kind of came together. So when I got it from the city, I started cleaning it out. The kids would come over and help me. And then this little girl, my muse, she was in kindergarten, big as your pinky. She pulls on my sleeve and says, why don't we plant something? And that's how the whole thing happened. Tony ran with this kindergartner's bright idea, which transformed this abandoned lot on 134th Street into a bountiful garden. A quick trip across the street from the school, more and more students joined in. And in the first year, they grew 38 pounds of produce. And it was a whole celebration. We would send it home, and when I asked the kids, how did you like that chard or that arugula? They would say, I don't know, my mother threw it away. So we kept going back there. Mom doesn't know what it is or how to prepare it. So that's when the whole thing started taking some focus. So now, collectively, we have 13 sites. We grow about three tons of food. That's like 6,000 pounds of organically grown produce. Everything is free of charge. Not free, free of charge. The kids work here and you pay is your food. But we have so much more food, we have free farmer's markets that we share with the community. But that food comes with nutrition education, cooking demonstrations, recipe writing. And after our cooking lessons, you go home with the same ingredients you just cooked here and you do it again at home. So it's almost like a reversal. The kids are teaching the parents how to cook. And the idea to donate their surplus of fresh produce also started with the kids. I thought about selling it to local restaurants. They said, no, we can give it to our neighbors. So that's what we do. Just think about that. Um, the narrative that communities like this lack intelligence or creativity, there's nothing further than the truth. If you look at the history of blacks in this country, from the slave days to the present, you take nothing and create something. From the plantation fields to the inner city across this country, you change culture, you taste food and fashion. They take nothing and create something. Here is solely a lack of access and opportunity. Give these kids equal access and opportunity, they soar. This is where we get to the heart of Harlem Grown's impact. Tony often says they grow more than fruits and vegetables. They grow healthy children in sustainable communities. So what we do, we craft paid fellowships and internships for our kids and we create a pipeline of our kids not just to get out but to imagine themselves somewhere else because we're all products of our environment. The average child here, we go in the corner and you look south, you see the silhouette of Manhattan and they'll tell you with a straight face that that's Manhattan but I live in Harlem and you'll say Harlem is part of Manhattan. They'll start laughing and tell you that you're making fun of them or you're joking. You they don't know what they don't know. So through these farms, we introduce everything in these farms. So not only on the weekend when you come here and farm, Northwell has a table, a wellness table set up. We have um, GED prep, we have job prep, we have affordable housing organizations all around here. No one approaches the parents. 
I tell them, don't approach them. Just be there every week and they'll come to you when they're ready. And slowly, we start those relationships. That's how you get these kids out. It's not magic, it's work. And this model is working. Over 12 years, Tony says 19 of his Harlem-grown kids have gone on to college. A point of pride he speaks about like a true dad. One went to UPenn. We have one in NYU right now. So you see it full circle here. It's not like I dream a genie. Remember, you just cross your arms and blink right. and it happens. it happens? No. This is a hundred-year-old issue that we're fighting. And it's going to require some time to, to change it. Through its success, Harlem Grown continues to grow its programs and opportunities for kids beyond Harlem, including with our health system, Northwell Health. The physician's assistant for a day when my kids go down to Lenox Hill Hospital, they're all out of their element. They go down there so nervous, they don't talk, but they see and hear everything. They come running back up here and telling, Mr. Tony, do you know you don't have to be a doctor to work in the hospital? You can do this, 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 this. Oh, I'm getting chills, I Tony. know that. They didn't know that. So that's what partners do. Juice Generation, TD Bank, Blackstone, um, Google. I mean, we have some of the, White and K, some of the biggest um, companies in this country are our partners that open their doors for our kids to see the possibilities. So Northwell wants to be a community partner in Harlem. It's a no-brainer. You come up here, we had our first opening Earth Day. Northwell had two tables at our farm. The kids are buzzing around. Northwell, what's that? What's that? What's that? After you guys left, that's all we talked about. Northwell, Google. Oh, oh, Lennox Hill High. Oh, oh, oh. That's how it starts. The natural curiosity of a child is the same in any child anywhere. But as we heard already, the education is not limited to the kids. Most of our families, especially our most vulnerable, the 42%, all their food comes off of their SNAP benefits, all of it. So they do most of their shopping at the corner stores because it's all that's around. But now children, they grow arugula. That's the number one crop here, arugula. It's kind of spicy, nutrient-dense lettuce. They love it. Now they tell mom, I want arugula, I want arugula. So now it's free of charge. You don't have to go buy the empty calories now at the bodega. You can go get healthier food options. So it's the long slog of education. Instead of coming and giving it, to grow something takes so much time. Sandra, you know, you put that seed in the ground, it could be yeah. months. Yeah. But in that time is the education. The nutrition education, patience, collaboration come with that. Tony adds that access is just one part of the equation. They also provide the equipment and space to cook it. A lot of them, um, they have kitchen facilities. A lot of them use woks and hot plates. But we have a mobile teaching kitchen that we park on 134th Street. That's a mobile unit, like a food truck, but you don't cook in the truck. There's a ramp and you roll out a two burner induction stove and you plug it into the truck. In the truck you have the refrigerator, freezer, three-part sink with a hot water pump and everything, but all the cooking is done outside. We have a bunch of tables that we create a big perimeter around the truck and the kids mimic what the chef is preparing. All the stuff that we grow here, and at the end of every lesson, they get the same ingredients they just cooked and they go home to prepare it. So it's like a 
an electric stove, which is a hot plate or a wok, right? So you can eat healthy anywhere. We also work with food pantries where take whatever they're giving out and incorporate fresh, nutritious vegetables into that and do cooking demonstrations for the parents as well. Despite all the effort he's putting in to help the community, Tony says it's still not enough. In cities, there's not a lot of land. We have a lot of need here. We have thousands of people who are food insecure. So we grow three tons, 6,000 pounds. That's not enough. We need double that. And you can't do it in the soil. You can't grow in the soil in the winter. So they now have invested in a two-story vertical hydroponic system that enables them to grow thousands of vegetables in a week, all year round. The structure, Tony says, is the second in the world, fabricated in Copenhagen. Soilless farming, growing with no soil, primarily water and nutrient-rich water instead of soil. Um, that's urban farming, the future, because these structures go year-round. So this one runs on rainwater and solar power. It's 100% off-grid. He added that all those hydroponically grown plants are harvested by people that live in this community. And they're part of the Harlem Grown family. We have 35 full-time employees here who live, work, and play in the same community, if you can imagine, in New York City. So what is next for Harlem Grown? I'm not Harlem Grown. I'm not from, nor do I live here. But the children I serve are. My kids who went through this thing with me, they have a voice here. This is a true democracy. Everything we grow, we are voted on. Everything we do is what they want. And where we go next, that'll be their decision. Asked if he would try to expand. Everybody wants me in the Bronx and in Brooklyn and Queens, where I'm from. This shirt says Harlem Grown. There are 39 elementary schools in Harlem. We work in eight. We have 31 to do before a job is complete here, right? So to scale just for scale's sake doesn't make much sense. Tony said they want to go deeper, not wider. That I can tell you what we're doing, because right now we want to roll out our first after-school program, which is our most important next step. Because our kids, even if they're in a homeless shelter, when they're in a shelter, they're supported. When they're in schools, even if the school is eh, they're being supported. It's out of school is where we lose our kids. So here we have Saturday program. They come after school, but it's not a formal after school. They come in summer camp, school breaks. We have mini camps that we keep our kids close. And then we see them in school. Our big void is after school program. So this September we're starting uh, Thanks to a very generous gift from a very generous donor. We're starting our own independent after-school program where we will go to our partner schools and pick up, physically pick up our children and take them to our space. And we reinforce what we do. So we're going to have, pretty soon when you say you're a Harlem grown kid, that's 365 days we have those kids with us. Like every child. I got a lot of children. A lot. I don't think there's anybody on this planet prouder than me. I want to thank Tony Hillary again for inviting me to see what he's done in Harlem. Although I consider myself a healthy eater, and, you know, we all fall off the bandwagon every now and again, 
But I was so inspired after visiting Tony at his garden to start my own vegetable garden. So thank you, Tony, for that. This is the end of our three-part Food as Health series. I have enjoyed speaking with all of my guests, including Sven Gerlinger, Chef Bruno Tisson, Dr. Deb Salas-Lopez, and Tony Hillary. I hope you've enjoyed this series as much as I have, and I hope that you find inspiration and pearls that you can take to inspire your own health journey and harness the power of food to promote health and healing in your life. Until next time, I'm Sandra Lindsay, and this has been 20 Minute Health Talk. Get more expert insight from the leading voices in healthcare today. You can subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk wherever podcasts are available.